For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. If you're interested in protecting and growing what you have and collecting a steady income stream for life, you've come to the right place. Prepare to be empowered. The phone lines are always open at 877-889-PLAN. That's 877-889-7526. Now, here's your Show Me the Money host, Randy Floyd. Thanks so much and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy Floyd. My name is Jeff Shade. Glad to have you along with us this week. And some additions to our program. Jake Floyd is going to be joining us here, so that's going to be a great perspective on what's happening financially. Jake's a little bit younger than Randy and I, so uh, it's going to be very interesting to get his views on things. We do have a repeat show for you to listen to today, so keep in mind if you hear anything that sounds a little dated, it is a pre-recorded show. But nevertheless, it is going to be another fine Show Me the Money. So once again, this is an encore performance of Show Me the Money. How you doing today, Randy? Doing really well, Jeff. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great, thank you, now that I'm here on the radio with you. Always glad to be with you every week here on our local radio station that gives you all the great information <laughs> that keeps you going throughout the day. Glad to be with our listeners. So much to talk about on today's show. Last week, had a chance to be in Las Vegas with Jake Floyd, your son, and we were at a financial symposium where we learned all about all the new products and services that people have to offer to help you help people get to and through retirement. Over the last 20 years, Randy, have things changed dramatically in terms of the tools and the services that you use? Yeah, you know, they've changed a lot, Jeff. One of the things that's, that's kind of interesting, you say the last 20 years, so there was a major financial engineering feat accomplished in 1995. And in 1995, there was a guy by the name of Richard Cato who invented what a lot of planners use, maybe even more extensively than they should. The fixed indexed annuity was designed by him and his uh, actuarial team. And that was 1995. So what are we looking at? 2025 will be 30 years since that was introduced. So that's crazy because that was a new concept then. But a lot of things have changed. You know, the cost Cost of investing has come down. Used to be brokers would charge three to five percent to buy and sell stock, you know, and they got paid both directions. Today, that's changed a lot. Buying and selling of stocks, bonds, mutual funds has now gone to basically zero. You can do commission-free trades and the investment advice business and the fiduciary standard rather than just the broker standard is what's on the forefront of things today. So I would say that as with all things, as time goes forward, the two things tend to happen. Things tend to be commoditized a little bit, but also we learn better and better ways and have better and better tools to use to accomplish our goals. I have a friend who calls those fee weenies, people who are really primarily worried about the fees charged. And as you said, they've come down quite a bit. And that is as a result of artificial intelligence, robo-advisors, that sort of thing. I know that a lot of people listening to this program are interested in finances and they may be trying to do it themselves with robo-advisors. Why would someone want to use a full financial advisor, someone like you, versus a robo-advisor? In other words, what can you offer for your fee that robo-advisors cannot offer? offer. Yeah, that's a good question. And we get that, you know, we, I say we get that all the time. We really don't get that question asked. What happens is when people come in and sit down and talk with us, in fact, we have this all the time. This is what people say. Well, you know, I've been with this current financial advisor for 
a few years or for many, many years, sometimes 20 years or 30 years. And they say, you know, the guy does okay for me. I feel like, you know, he's got my best interest at heart and he makes me some money, but there's no planning that goes into anything. And I don't really feel like I have a plan moving forward to get me to retirement and also through retirement when I'm in that. I don't feel like there's a cohesive plan in place. And so as you and I have talked on about this for the last three or four years, Jeff, it's really important that we have a plan. If you were going to take a trip across the country and you were going to drive, would you just get on a road and aimlessly point, hey, we're making good progress. We're moving down the road at 70 miles an hour, but I'm not sure where we're going. So it's one of the... That's one of the things that we have to talk about a lot here. And we may not be taking the most direct route either. You're following the sun. I mean, that's just a general direction. You could be getting to where you want to go a lot faster if you have good advice. And as you talked about fees, and I think probably there are many clients out there who are worried about the fees or saying, well, I'd love to work with someone like Randy, but I'm a little worried about the fees there. But really, when you figure the results that you're going to get using a financial advisor such as you, you're really way ahead of the very small fees that you charge. Yes, always that's the case. Long term, the client wins big, 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 you know, big time working with us. So our fee is only a very small portion. And as as I've said on the program here before, you know, generally all in, we're around 1% here. And many places, they're going to be at one and a half, one and a quarter, as high as 2%. Plus, they have mutual fund expense fees and everything that come along with that. Whereas we're mainly using individual stock positions, which have no additional cost except our management fee, which is again, that 1%. And then many times the mutual funds and the ETFs or the mutual funds are going to have another 50, 60 basis points plus turnover cost inside there. So fees are very important as they are a direct drag on your investment performance. And so we've designed our company to be very transparent and very low fee. In fact, we find that many, many times we are the low cost provider in the market. And as we've said many times, it doesn't cost you a dime, doesn't cost you a nickel or a penny to get a financial plan with Floyd Financial Group. I mean, if you're worried about fees and you want to find out more about that or you want to find out really what a full investment advisor can do for you, we're offering this week for our loyal listeners a complimentary financial plan to get yours 417-889-7233. Randy, let's talk about the market a little bit. I mean, markets fell last week, fears of the Delta variant increased, and economic data remains mixed. Tell me a little bit about how you feel the market has performed the first half of this year, where we are today with this new Delta variant, and possibly what we might be looking uh, to in the near future. You're right. The Delta variant has people really pretty uh, fearful of another lockdown potentially coming uh, if it gets too strong. Of course, you know, here over the last month or so, Missouri has been the hotbed for the for the mm-hmm. Delta variant of the virus. And so they've had a lot of cases and a lot of fear. But just around the, the world still, there's a lot of fear of this virus and probably a third wave is what we'd be looking at now and another potential lockdown. So the thing to always remember is the stock market does not like not knowing where things are going. If we have uncertainty, the market just it just doesn't like that as a rule. So people are going, well, okay, I kind of think I should do this, but maybe I won't. And well, I probably should have done that, but now I'm going to do this. And you know what? I'm just going to sit on my cash for a while or whatever they're thinking. And what all these advisors are thinking as well, everybody's kind of jockeying for position. But you know, this again, a third wave of the Delta virus, we've never been here before, right? So again, 
uncertainty. The market does not like it, and I think that's a lot of what's in there. Also, we've had worries about interest rate, uh, interest rates going up. And uh, what we've seen, actually, though, is an erosion of interest rates here of late as more money, believe it or not, is filtering into the market, but it's on a much broader base than it was. You know, last year we had, because of COVID in 2020, tech stocks, stay-at-home type companies rallied and made big, big gains. This year, it's been, you know, our sector rotation back to the more mainstream and away from tech. As interest rates go up, tech stocks suffer. So they've been rallying a little bit again as interest rates have gone down. But long term, we think the market's still going to be up. Uh, We may have some rocky ground here in August and September, but we're looking for probably another 4 or 5% before year end unless there's something that locks down the economy again. But I will tell you, I'm not sure that America is ready to accept another lockdown. As far as interest rates go, I mean, you said that they're still pretty low out there. Any indication in the future as to when those interest rates may be rising a little bit? Yeah, we think that we're testing some lows now. We've been in the 1.2 to 1.3 range on the uh, 10-year Treasury bill. And a tenth of a percent doesn't seem like much, much, but it is actually quite a bit when you're looking at bond yields and things. So I think we're probably headed higher before year end, but economies are still strong. There's still a lot of money flowing as the Fed starts to taper maybe and take some of their bond buying off the table. We're going to see, I think, that interest rates are going to tighten up and start to go up. And so that's going to then you know be translated back into the market going a little bit higher as money comes out of those bonds. You've mentioned two things, the economy and the market actually, and the market may go down, but the economy, all things considered, is still pretty good, isn't it? It is overall. And, uh, you know, I've been kind of watching a a lot of the uh, metrics and the barometers out there of the economy. Last week, we had a little uptick in uh, jobless claims again, but that's, you know, kind of to be expected once in a while. And again, I don't trust those numbers 100% anyway that they give me on CNBC. It's a good way for us to kind of get a barometer on it. But I think the economy actually is singing along pretty well right now. The only thing that's holding us up is supply chain gaps. I'm telling you, if we can get those closed up, we will really soar and make this economy go throughout the third quarter quarter. We've just got to get these supply chains closed. You know, you can't hardly buy a bicycle. You, they can't buy computer chips for cars right. to build them. You know, if we can get those things closed up, we might be in for a really, really, really big uh, expansion in 2022. We were talking a little bit about gasoline prices. I heard someone blaming it on the president, but I mean, you know, these rising gasoline prices <laughs> don't have to do with the president, do they? No, <laughs> not at this point for yeah. sure. But I mean, but you know, all these different states and they're, they're talking about a gas tax and a diesel tax and, you know, depending on so that those that, you know, are using the roads end up paying for the roads and that sort of thing, you know, to, to uh, supply money for the infrastructure, which I think is only fair. I, th- I think that's probably a good thing that we get those folks that are using the roads to pay their share of the road, right? It's kind of like, you know, if, if you go to the grocery store and, uh, there's five of us in the household and we're we're all, you know, adults and fending for ourselves. And if I eat, you know, one fifth of the food, but you only pay for 100 percent of it, that's not really quite a fair setup. <laughs> I know what you mean, Randy. Speaking of a fair setup, we've got quite a fair deal going for you here today on Show Me the Money. If you would like a financial plan with Randy Floyd, Floyd Financial Group, again, doesn't cost you a dime for this. It's an opportunity for you to get your questions answered. And once again, there's no obligation for this financial plan whatsoever to get 
yours this weekend, call 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. You can leave your information there. You, of course, can call during the week and request that plan. You could also request your plan online by going to floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money with Randy Floyd. My name is Jeff Shade. Glad you could join us again this weekend. We're going to take a real quick break and be right back with more of our show after this. Hi, this is Randy Floyd from Floyd Financial Group. At Floyd Financial Group, we pursue excellence in the delivery of wealth and comprehensive retirement planning. We help you develop a plan to achieve specific outcomes so that you can use your life savings to make an impact you desire. We speak your language so you can clearly understand all the components of your plan. Here at Floyd Financial Group, our client relationships are at the core of everything we do. We cherish the relationships we've built with our clients over the past years, and we have earned their trust and confidence in our retirement process. Retirement should be more than about just money. It should be about the people and things that are most important to you. If you'd like to meet with us to discuss your life goals and financial opportunities, schedule a free financial review with no obligations. Our number is 417-889-7233. That's 417-889-7233. Or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Do you know who your financial advisor is really working for? It may not be you. Do you know if they're a fiduciary? Randy Floyd Floyd Financial Group is a registered investment advisor, and his firm is proud to be fiduciaries, which means they're legally bound to serve you and your best interests above their own. Advisors working for retail banks are held to a suitability standard, meaning their first legal obligation is to protect the banks they work for, and maybe not you. At Floyd Financial Group, now more than ever, they're concerned about protecting your savings rather than taking more risk than you'd like to take in the stock market. At Floyd Financial Group, as fiduciaries, they're committed to your future and overall financial well-being, not to shareholders. If you're not sure who your financial advisor is working for, call Floyd Financial Group today at 417-889-7233 to schedule a no-obligation complimentary review of your financial plan. Find out more about the firm at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Ready for a heaping helping of some more real talk? Thought so. Here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your server, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about, are you taking on too much investment risk? And Randy, you know, once you near or reach retirement, you have to switch from an accumulation mindset to a distribution and protection mindset. You've worked hard to amass wealth, and now you've got to protect it from market downturns and make it last for the rest of your life. We've seen some record highs in the stock market, but the state of the market at the time of your retirement isn't within your control, and no one can predict where it will be in the future. So are you prepared for a market correction? Randy? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, many times we have people come in. In fact, just a couple of days ago, I had a gentleman in here and we were looking at his returns from 2020 through this year, 2021. So looking like June of 2020 to June of 2021. And uh, man, the return looked really great. It was 43%. And we're like, wow, that's a great return, right? You know, one of the things that we have to look at, and this will kind of play into what we're talking about here, 
we always have to look at what is our starting point and where are we measuring from as far as what our returns are and it, you know is our uh, the risk we're taking worth the return we're getting so last year in june we were still down from covid right in fact we had one uh, set up here where the gentleman had a march to march statement and he was up 62 percent mm-hmm. and boy at first blush you go wow that's amazing well the thing is the market was down 35 percent the end of march so being up 62 isn't up 62 in fact right, it takes right. over 40 maybe 45 percent to make up that 35 percent loss so we still had a good return and we weren't beating up on him but the thing is we got to always watch where we've been and where we are right now. So as we're talking about, are you taking on too much investment risk? So today, markets are at or near all-time highs. We've had a good run. We had a good run prior to COVID. You know, in 19 and uh, 2020, we were up through February, we were having a really great run. So right now, risk is one of those things that people have gotten really pretty accustomed to. And so one of the things we always talk about with people when they come in here as a retiree or a near retirement, you know, investor is, hey, have you heard the story about Mr. Green and Mr. Brown? Now, we've talked about that that story out here many times before, and what it talks about is the fact that if you take too much investment risk, hey, you've worked all this time, 20, 30, 40 years, you've got this money saved, now you're within four or five years of retirement, what we can't do is take on too much risk so that if we have a market downturn, you cannot retire. Also, once you're retired, we got to really make sure, uh, because like you said, Jeff, we can't control what happens in the stock market. Right. We don't know what the sequence of returns is going to be. If you have a really good uh, first three or four or five years, man, you can build up a substantial amount of extra to weather the downturns. But if you find the downturn in the first two or three years of your retirement, it can be something that you can never recover from. So when we build portfolios here, we always bear that in mind. And we're trying to be sure that, hey, you've worked hard, you've saved your money. Now we're just not going to mess it up. Randy, is a risk tolerance an individual, very personal thing, or is there sort of some sort of standard scale that, okay, you know, when I reach this age, I have this much risk, but then when I get to be older, the risk tolerance should go down 20%. In other words, how do you calculate what someone's risk tolerance or what someone's risk really should be? Right. So we have a basic set of questions that we ask and go through. And one of the things I want to know, Jeff, and let's say that you're getting ready to retire and you come in and you've got, you know, a million dollars in your retirement account. And so the first thing I'm going to say is, okay, Jeff, here we are. We got a million dollars. We're going to start taking money out of here. Maybe we're going to pay you $50,000 a year out of there. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we have a COVID-19, a COVID-79 or a COVID-228, whatever it is that we have, comes along a black swan event and you're down 20%. Are you staying awake at night? Yeah. I'm staying. I, I didn't. I, there was no hesitation there, Randy. I'm staying awake at night. So yeah, I, I really don't want to lose much of my principal, if any, at all. So I guess my risk tolerance is very low. So anyway, we ask a series of questions like that. So so if you say, hey, that 20%, that's unacceptable. I'm not going to do that. So we say, okay, so where is your pain threshold? Is it 15%? Is it 10%? And that is partially what walks us into building a portfolio. And that's partially. Secondly, you know, we got to figure out, okay, how much income do you actually need out of your portfolio? Now, I said 5% before. Mm-hmm. Listen, I can build a pretty conservative setup in a retirement plan and easily generate the 5 and 6% 
return so that we don't spend our principal down if that's what you're looking for. So on a million dollars, 5% is 50,000, 6% is $60,000 a year in retirement income off your portfolio. Roll that up with your social security. And if you're lucky enough to have a pension, all of a sudden we can have a pretty substantial retirement income. But we really want to build these things to where they're going to stand all types of financial weather, not just always looking to knock it out of the park and hit a home run and, you know, become Babe Ruth. Randy, do you ever have clients who come in and, you know, they're just taking too little risk? They're like me. They're very, very conservative. They want to protect everything that they've got. But is it a mistake to not take any risk at all? It absolutely is because you can't live on zero. You just can't do it. And really, you know, if you've had money in the bank and, you know, there's been generations of people that have always had money in CDs, certificates of deposit at the bank. Well, right now, you know, local banks are paying a half percent. So that means on that same million dollars, you make 5,000 a year. So I know you're a good budgeter, you know, but 400 a month ain't much. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) When you start looking at it from that perspective. So what we have to do is we have to use a whole set of vehicles and tools, if you will, to invest our money so that we can have the protection that we need, the growth we need, you know, the liquidity that we need. All three of those things are important, right? Because, you know, if you need money for an emergency, you need to be able to go get it. You need growth on your money, though, because you can't spend yourself into oblivion or you don't want to, or you don't want to run out of money, you know, and safety is a big play. So growth, safety, liquidity are always three parts that we look at very closely to be sure we build those things right for each individual investor. Ready to mitigate investment risk. I mean, do you use a lot of diversification? Some products are more risky than others. How do you protect against risk in terms of diversification using different tools? And what are some of the tools that you might use? So, you know, if you look at all the different tools that are out there, you know, you got precious metals, you got the stock market, you got the bond market, you know, the stock markets where we have equity in a company, the bond markets where we own the debt of a company. Like I said, we got precious metals. Now we have cryptocurrency, we have real estate. You know, there's all different types of things that we can invest in. So, you know, depending on what's happening in, in the economy and in the world determines what tool we use. And we think that all asset classes can be and will be good at some point. They're just not always all good at the same time. So if we look at bonds right now, you know, in 1981, you may remember that bank CDs paid 12%. The yep. 10-year treasury bill paid 15%. Mm-hmm. Well, now bank CDs pay 0.5% and the 10-year treasury bill pays 1.3%. So there's been a big change in those numbers. So bonds were a great investment tool for retirees for a very, very many, you know, a long time, 40 years, 1981 till 2020, you know, really they were a great, great investment tool. Now they're not so good because we have a lot of risk that if interest rates go up, bonds get devalued, right? And interest Mm -hmm. rates are really low, historically low, actually. So chances are interest rates will tick up. So if we buy a bond today, you may sell it for 20% less than you paid next month, and you're trying to get a 1% yield. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so so you're sitting here, you got all this risk and no reward. So we're always looking at what is the risk reward quotient that we have. So right now we believe this with all the money that's being put into the market and being traded around the globe and everybody, you know, putting more money into the system. You know, last week we heard, you know, Europe is going to continue to put money into their system over there through at least the first quarter of 2022. So all this money floating around out there is going to find its way to asset prices. And right now, we think the only play that really is viable is the market or something tied 
to the market. And we have vehicles that we can tie to the market where we can make profit if the market goes up. If the market goes down, we don't lose any money in some of these. So we use market straight up. We use some of these risk averse tools that link directly to the market for gains. There's just many different things that we can use. It's kind of hard to go into over the radio here, but each person is a little bit different. Once we get to know them, know what their goals and desires are, know what's important to them, know what their risk tolerance is, then we can go about designing a plan specifically for them. Randy, one of the things you mentioned was real estate there, and year to year, I mean, the appreciation on real estate has been quite dramatic. Other parts of the country, not as much here in Springfield, but in some of the coasts, people have gained as much as 30-40% in appreciation in real estate, which is unheard of. Is real estate something that your people, that your clients are really asking you about these days? <laughs> they are. They're asking me if they should sell, <laughs> is, is what they're asking. Wow. And I will tell you that, you know, with, uh, you know, it's kind of calmed down. You haven't heard much about it, but, you know, President Biden's tax plan uh, was to do away with, you know, all, t- all types of advantages, uh, long-term capital gains and step-up in basis for real estate and passing it on to your, to your next generation and all that. But it's kind of quieted down on that tax front. We haven't heard much about that in a while. Uh, so we're thinking that tax Taxes may not really get changed a lot until next year. And so with real estate being as high as it is, interest rates still being as low as they are, and we may still be in a favorable tax environment, we're saying, hey, if you got a property you want to sell and you want to take some profit, now is probably as good a time as any. Yeah, that's right. If you do sell your property, remember that you've got to find another property and real estate prices are up all over the place, not just on your house. If you're interested in finding out more about your investment risk, maybe what your risk tolerance is, of course, Randy's offering a complimentary, no cost, no obligation financial plan for our loyal listeners. 417-89-7233 is the number to call to get yours. 417-889-7233. You can also request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money with Randy Floyd. Thank you for joining us this weekend. Hope you're having a great one. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show after this. Stay with us. Since the beginning of time, the needs of people haven't changed all that much. The need to protect what we currently have, the need to prepare for adversity for tomorrow, and the need to build a foundation for the ones we love when we're gone. At Floyd Financial Group, they're committed to these needs and are proud to say that they work toward assuring their clients that their savings will be protected, their nest eggs can grow regardless of the market, and in the end, count on a legacy for the ones they love. It's not too good to be true. Call Floyd Financial Group today at 877-889-PLAN and they can show you how they've helped so many families count on the life and retirement they've dreamed of. That number again is 877-889-7526. They can't predict the future, but they can plan on protecting and growing your nest egg and offering you a lifelong retirement income that you can rely on. Call them now for your free review at 877-889-PLAN. That's 877-889-7526. Or visit them online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Did you know that most people's largest expense is their tax bill? Taxes are about a third or more of our total expenses. If you knew you could make a third more, what steps would you take? Randy Floyd and Floyd Financial Group are as serious about the tax savings they work towards as their clients return on investments. Poorly planned tax strategies could cost tens of thousands a year and hundreds of thousands over your lifetime. 
Call Floyd Financial Group at 417-889-7233 or visit floydfinancialgroup.com to find out what your life would look like with little or no taxes. You can't control the market, but there are hard and fast rules about keeping more of your money. Call them now at 417-889-7233 to find out how your retirement strategy could change by incorporating a tax strategy with an investment strategy. Call Randy Floyd and Floyd Financial Group at 417-889-7233 or visit them online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your host, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd, and in this segment, we're going to be talking about commonly asked questions during retirement planning. And Randy, I would think that when you meet with people, one of the biggest questions that you get is, Randy, am I going to be okay? Am I going to run out of money? I would think that's at the top of the list. So let's talk about income planning. You know, people have assets and they think, well, I'm going to live off those, but people don't live off assets. They live off income and paychecks. So let's talk about some of the common questions when it comes to income planning and not running out of money. Where does that rank in terms of the questions that you get? Is that near the top? Oh, yeah, that is right near the top. One of the things that's always been a big disconnect, I think, for people in general is, like you said, you know, you can't live off your assets. You live off income that are derived, hopefully, from your assets, and you're not spending more than you're making, right? <laughs> it's kind right. of the way sure. we want to set it up. And so, you know, quite commonly now, we have people that are coming in that are saying, you know, I've just had it. I can't take what's happening to me at the bank anymore. They're paying me two-tenths of a percent on my money market account where I used to get two and a quarter, two and a half. So, you know, they're living now on 10% of, of what was already a low number. And, you know, back, oh, 10 or 15 years ago, a person might actually come up with a CD that paid four or five, maybe 6%. And now those things are a half percent, maybe three quarters of a percent. And what's happened is people are spending through their money. And they've just gotten to the point now that they are realizing that they've got to do something different. So it's a very big deal, people coming in looking for fixed income. Now, when I say fixed income, Jeff, what does that really mean? Because, you know, a lot of people think they know what that means, but let's talk about that. So fixed income is generally something like a CD it could be a bond that has a fixed payment, right? So that's why we call it fixed income. Or fixed income is even sometimes relatable to stocks that pay dividends. That's a fixed type income. Now, the stock dividends can change and will change from time to time based on what the board of directors, you know, does uh, and what they approve. But for the most part, those are fixed income sources. And what we've seen is as inflation has driven prices higher in the market, and I'm going to say, yeah, the market is somewhat inflated. It's at the highest levels it's ever been, right? So it's got to be inflated. We've seen that dividends have suffered, especially as a percentage, you know, because it's always relational. In other words, if I have a $10 stock that pays a dollar a year dividend, that would be a 10% dividend, right? Right. Now, if I have that same stock that the price goes to $20 and it pays the same dollar, that's now a 5% dividend. So that's why I say those things are relational to stock prices. So what we've seen here is as prices have gone higher and higher, dividend yields look extremely low, even though they're still paying pretty good 
dollars. And there's always been the old saying that you can't spend percentages. You don't take percentages to the bank. Bank you take dollars to the bank, right? Right. So that's the thing. Fixed income has become very difficult, and we're seeing a lot of people coming in saying, "Listen, I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna run out of money if I don't do something different. Can you help me?" And there's kind of one of the beginning stages of income planning that people have never thought about in a lot of cases where they've been really conservative investors. We now have to educate them and take them down a path to get them comfortable with some other forms of generating income. How do you go ahead and convert those assets, your IRA, 401k, and uh, real estate, anything else you have, how do you convert those into a bi-weekly paycheck? You know, when we invest money, we always are looking, because we know this, the bills come every 30 days at everybody's house, right? Right. And whether you have those payments automated or you have to write checks, do you still write checks, Jeff? I haven't written a check, Randy, in probably 10 years. Yeah, I haven't written many. My wife still writes a few. She kind of runs everything behind the scenes for the company. But for the most part, you know, again, the bank draft or the automatic payment comes out every 30 days, right, is the idea. So we still have to have that monthly uh, or biweekly paycheck. And people, sometimes that's one of the questions they have. is, And they're even almost afraid to ask it. It's kind of like they're afraid I'm going to have the wrong answer for them, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is, so how often will I get paid? Well, how about monthly? Really? Yeah, that works pretty good. I'll do that. You know, so yeah, when we go to build uh, retirement income plans, we're looking to keep people as comfortable as possible and not upset their apple cart, you know, any more than we have to. Now, there are some folks that are still getting paid weekly or some people get paid bi-weekly, you know, when they're working. But generally, once a month works out pretty well for uh, retirees, especially once they get used to it. But that's what we do is we pay people once a month. We withhold taxes for them from their income so they don't have to worry about, you know, coming up and uh, with the that money at the end of the year, figuring out what's going on with the IRS. You'll, you'll get your 1099 that shows what you sent to the state hmm. and shows what you sent to the federal government. So there's no what-ifs there. And no guesswork. Do those paychecks increase? Do you give people, I mean, do you build in a little raise on an annual basis? How do you handle that? We certainly do. So anytime we do uh, income planning, we're always going to look at, you know, Social Security, pension if they're lucky enough to have one. We'll look at both the husband and wife situation and what that looks like. And then, yes, we're going to say, okay, what's our starting budget? And that's always something that people have to work on because generally most of those people, you know, 55, 60, 65, our kids are raised. They've been gone a while uh, out of the house and we started to stack up a few dollars here and there. And, you know, a budget's just not something we thought about. All of a sudden, though, now, when it comes to the point where we're going to be, are you ready for this word, on a fixed income, Uh-oh. right? Yeah. <laughs> I hear that all the time, you know, from people, well, I'm on a fixed income now. Well, that's true to a degree. But we build in safety valves for, hey, you need a new car once in a while. The roof is going to leak. You're going to have to replace that. You're going to have to replace a water heater, which, by the way, I don't know if you replaced a water heater recently. That's not cheap. No, <laughs> but not at all. A couple of grand, you know, to do that. So, yeah. So anyway, we always build in those emergency funds and uh, for those situations that come up. And yes, we always build in a hedge for inflation as we do planning. And so we know that you're going to need more money. We know that things are going to happen. And we've been doing this long enough. We kind of know how to build in those safety valves. We also always want people to have a pretty substantial cash nest egg somewhere so that when emergencies come up, you're there to help your kids you know, whatever it is your husband or wife may need, medical bills, fixing the car, like I said, fixing the roof, fixing the water heater, whatever that may be. So yes, we build in a lot of contingency plans in every income plan. 
Yeah, it's a very valuable service that you offer there at Floyd Financial Group, Randy, and I can't think of many other, if any other, financial <clears throat> planners who do exactly what you do, and it is very comforting for our listeners to know that you're there and that you'll handle everything for them. So I know that you have about, oh, I'd say 24 appointments per week, something like that. A certain number of those, maybe a little less than half, are new clients, and then the rest are existing clients. Among the top questions that new clients have when they come in beyond running out of money, what are some of the other things that can them. One of the biggest things is they go, how do I make sense out of all this stuff that I've done over my lifetime? Because many times what happens is people come in, they got a Roth IRA or two, they got a traditional IRA, they got a 401k. If they have a pension that may be someplace else, they got money stashed at four or five banks. They may even have some personal brokerage accounts you know, <laughs> that they set up a long time ago and they haven't even really looked at them in years. So one of the first things that we do and part of our job when we sit down is to start to assimilate all this information and really draw it into focus for people so that we can say, okay, hey, look, you got this much money over here. You got this over here. This is taxable. This isn't. Let's look at a budget. Here's your social security number. We start to really then hone down on can we support the lifestyle that we have envisioned? What does that look like? And how does our assets grow or not grow based on the amount of money we're withdrawing? So we build a spreadsheet and really walk through people the whole process of income planning and inflation hedging and really show them what things are going to look like moving forward. Are they going to be increasing their wealth, depleting their wealth, pretty much hanging in there right with where they are, knowing again that this is not in stone. It's a, it's not a, a static plan. It's always changeable. We can always tweak it if we need to. And, you know, it's malleable to a degree. So we just start exploring all that. And then people get pretty comfortable with, okay, yeah, I can see how that works and what you're doing. Randy, are people often mistaken about when they can retire? Uh, what I mean by that is uh, sometimes are you the bearer of good news? Yes. In fact, I would say that more times than not, I am the bearer of good news that say, yeah, you know, you can go ahead and retire now if you want to. Now, it might be more comfortable if you waited a year or two more. Depends on what their needs are and what their desires and what their goals are. Also, what comes into play a lot of times is people come in and say, you know what, Randy, I am just worn out out. Mm-hmm. Can I retire? Can I get this done? And so, you know, everybody's situation is different and we're going to meet people right where they are and help them to navigate, you know, based on real life, real life situations here. Not, well, I wish it was this way and we think this might work. No, we're going to build plans that work. Well, if our listeners are hearing this program today and they're pretty interested in what you've had to say and they've been asking themselves this question, can I retire? I'm not sure if I can retire or not. Well, I think you can get in and talk to Randy and he can answer that question for you. To get your complimentary, no cost, no obligation financial plan with Randy, the folks there at Floyd Financial Group. Again, to talk about taxes, insurance, estate planning, health care, Medicare, Medicaid, certified Medicaid planners, by the way, estate planning, legacy, everything that goes into retirement. That plan is entirely complimentary. And as Randy said, he'll meet you where you are. You don't have to have millions of dollars to talk to Randy there. He puts his pants on just like you do, one leg at a time. To get your complimentary plan with Randy and the folks there, call 417-889-7233. That's 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money. We're glad you could join us again this week. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to put a bow tie on today's show after this. Stay with us. 
Do you currently have money invested in mutual funds? Are you aware of the potential hidden fees you could be paying? This is Randy Floyd here, founder of Floyd Financial Group. I recently had a client come into our office thinking they were paying 1% in fees to their mutual fund broker. Once we did a fee analysis on their portfolio, we uncovered that there were hidden transaction fees they had no idea they were paying because they didn't appear on their monthly statements. Instead of the 1% they thought they were paying, they were really paying close to 3%. And for them, that was $35,000 in fees. As an active traveler, that could have paid for several trips last year. Don't let this happen to you. After a lifetime of hard work, make sure that your nest egg is safe from hidden fees. Call Floyd Financial Group today for a complimentary consultation and fee analysis to uncover what hidden fees you may be paying. Call 877-889-PLAN. That's 877-889-7526. Or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Remember, it's time to take control of your money. If you're like most Americans, health care is expected to be one of your largest expenses in retirement. Health care costs will likely consume a large portion of your retirement budget, and you need a plan for that. The pandemic has been hard on Americans nearing and in retirement, but there are likely even more obstacles coming. It's crucial to have a comprehensive retirement plan for the future because the pandemic won't be the last retirement challenge you're going to face. Between rising health care costs and the fact that an estimated 70% of today's retirees will need long-term care at some point, overall costs could be much higher. Randy Floyd at Floyd Financial Group will work with you to create a comprehensive retirement plan that factors in these increasing expenses. Randy takes the time to thoroughly explore your needs, no matter what stage of life you're in. Call Floyd Financial Group at 417-889-7233 and learn about their complete retirement investment strategy. That's 417-889-7233 or visit floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisor services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good. Because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about potential retirement setbacks. And Randy, there are a lot of bumps in the road that could happen when you head down that road to retirement, including a few potholes. So let's talk about those and how we can avoid those. What do you think, in your estimation and uh, in your experience, has been probably the leading cause of retirement setback? I would say the leading cause is probably somebody having a health issue earlier on than they would have anticipated, or potentially their spouse having a health issue which either cost them a lot more money than they had set aside, or it even put them in a position to where they needed to leave their job early to take care of that spouse, and then really underestimating the cost of that care, uh, and just really underestimating what they would need to live on in retirement uh, in general. And then the other thing is not really looking, and we talked about this in the previous segment, not really looking at how you're invested and really keeping control of what's going on and looking at the changing environments in economies and markets uh, and really getting caught behind the eight ball there, not making enough money out of their portfolio to support it. So let's back up and talk about those health care costs. I mean, a lot of people have Medicare. I think most people have Medicare. They've got A, B, may, they may have a supplement or uh, an Advantage plan, something like that. But still, even with Medicare, you have a great chance of running out of money because of health care issues? Sure. Well, I mean, most things that are what I would call acute, things we're going to get over, you know, Medicare, whether that be traditional Medicare with a supplement or an Advantage plan, they're going to take care of most of that stuff and keep your out-of-pocket expense 
down, you know, somewhere between, you know, if you're buying a, a, a G plan supplement uh, with a drug card, you're probably going to spend 3000 well, here in the middle of America you are, where we live, about probably 160 so you might spend $2,000, $2,500 a year on that. Uh, you have a maximum amount of pocket on most of the Advantage plans of around three or $4,000 other than prescription drugs. So, you know, you can keep your health care costs down pretty well. Now, there are a lot of people out there that have really high uh, medication bills, though, that maybe they didn't expect that are uh, hitting the four, five, and six thousand dollar a year brackets out mm-hmm. there, uh, and there's the donut hole where you share most of that cost that, that you have to get through still. Uh, so that's some of the things that people don't really think about and haven't really planned for as to what that may look like. Not to mention the fact that if your spouse becomes very ill, uh, you may be forced to leave your job work reduced hours or you know figure out uh how we're going to handle things that are long term where medicaid medicare i should say does a really good job on keeping us safe from acute things if we get past oh 20 days or so on most plans and we need some type of rehab or long-term care uh, the co-payments are 181 dollars a day on most of those and it could be as high as up to 250 dollars a day that people are having to pay out of pocket and i don't know about you jeff i mean that that adds up really quickly and i'm not sure most people have uh, thought about that and have planned for that so long-term care costs probably one of the biggest threats to retirement security but i mean there is medicare and then there's medicaid but a lot of people are worried about uh, you know the nursing home taking the family farm but there are ways that you can avoid that i understand right jeff you know in 2006 was the last major law change for medicaid Now, let's talk about Medicare and Medicaid just briefly. Medicare is health insurance we get at age 65, unless we're disabled prior to age 65. Medicaid is going to be set up. It was was deemed to help pay for catastrophic chronic illness in skilled care like nursing homes is what it was designed to do. Now, there's another side of Medicaid called spend-down Medicaid. That's for folks that are low-income with high acute or high continuing uh, care bills so they they spend down each month below around 750 dollars and then they get lots of help with medication and all that sort of thing the medicaid i'm talking about is mainly going to be for long-term care and it's designed to pay for skilled nursing and if that's where most people end up losing their house losing the family farm losing a second residence or something like that because Uh, Medicaid, when they do start to pay for you, if you can get qualified, they keep tabs on what they've spent and they try to attach that property later in life. All this is preventable. Uh, For years, we did a public seminar called Four Ways to Pay. How do we pay for long-term care? Number one was out-of-pocket. Number two, if you're a veteran uh, during a period of war, there's some veterans' benefits that might be available. Number three, long-term care insurance. And number four was Medicaid. So those are the four ways to pay, and we can help you to find out what's best for you and your family and how to uh, make sure you don't have to give up a century farm or a lake house or uh, you know that you don't lose uh, a residence that you wanted to go to beneficiaries upon your death due to Medicaid recovery. So there's just a lot of things that play into this, but you're right. Healthcare is one of the biggest things that we just we know it happens, but it's almost like we as a as a species are in denial. 
And we know that denial is not a river in Egypt. It is something that we all, I I think at some point or another, have happened to us. We're talking about potential retirement risk with Randy Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. Randy, last segment, we talked about market volatility. Also, I mean, overspending, that is a potential retirement setback because, you know, when you retire, all of a sudden you have this money available to you and it's almost like winning the lottery without winning the lottery. And how many lottery winners do you know of, Randy, who uh, keep that money for the rest of their life? Not many. Yeah, that's exactly right. I would say this, you know, you're right. Most people look at their 401k, they know it's over there, they know there's a balance in there, and sometimes there's pretty hefty balances, but they don't really look at that as real money or something that's out there. But then all of a sudden, when it comes to retirement time, how do we turn on income? How do we know how much income we can have off that money? Again, not outliving our money. And, and you know, let's make sure we budget it because most of us later in life, we don't operate on a budget. We just have money and we spend it, right? <laughs> so, 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 so we have to be sure that we're now that we're going to be drawing money off of our savings that we put away for life, that we're drawing the appropriate amount, not too much. You know, we have to make sure we budgeted and that we budgeted accurately so that we can do the things that we want to do and make sure we don't run out of money. So there's just a lot of things that we here at Floyd Financial can help you avoid by just going down. We kind of have a checklist that we go down and we talk about all these things in sequence and then we build a portfolio, we build the plan around that. And then all of a sudden retirement can come into focus. Now, one thing that we can't help is the fact that most people need about a year to get adjusted to being retired. Right. I mean, I think I could get adjusted to being retired in about a day or so, but realistically, <laughs> yeah, realistically, it's going to take some time. And, and you know, that brings up an interesting point here. I don't know if it's relevant to this, but most people say, boy, when I retire, I am going to clean out the drawers and do all these things. And it takes them about three months to get everything off their, their list that they wanted to do. And then they're like, well, now what do I do? And they end up just bored as they could possibly be. Randy, a lot of people, when they get retired, I mean, they start doing those things around the house, uh, deferred maintenance, but it, it ends up being a lot more than they thought, a lot more costly too, right? Well, yeah, we see that a lot. You know, we're thinking, okay, well, you know, I only got six more months to work. I really need to get this deal done, or maybe I got a year to work, but you know what? I'm just going to put that off until I retire. Yeah. And before we know it, we've got a big bill that we didn't plan on. So it's better to kind of think about those things the last year or two before you retire and try to get those things done or at least lined up line up getting those things done or i would say this try to set aside the money or know where that money's for sure going to come from and let your retirement planner if it's not me <laughs> let them know how much you plan <laughs> to spend on that so that we can factor it into the budget very good points there. We've been talking about uh, potential retirement setbacks with Randy Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. Once again, you know if you're a loyal listener to this show, you can get a complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation retirement plan with Randy. If you've got one with another advisor, it's probably a good idea to get a second opinion on that as well, too. One number does both of those things, 417-889-7233, 889-7233 right here in Springfield. Or you can log on to the website, find out more about the firm at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. You've got mail. Randy, we always get a lot of questions here as a result of our radio program, so I wanted to take an opportunity to answer some of these right now. Bill in Nixa asks, what is the difference between a mutual fund and an ETF? Oh, that's a good question. I know there's a lot of uh, confusion 
on that, let's talk about, first of all, what a mutual fund is. So a mutual fund is a group of stocks or bonds. It can be in any combination, depending on what the risk profile of the client is and what they're looking to accomplish. But the thing is, is with a mutual fund, the mutual fund company takes in the money and then they invest the money inside their portfolio. And you're in a mutual investment with many other people inside that mutual fund. That's why they call it that. So at the end of the day, the mutual fund, the dollars in there divided up among all the people that own it is called the net asset value and that's how they derive the price per share for that setup the mutual fund uh, you buy and sell back and forth to them rather than being out on the open market whereas the exchange traded fund is again going to be a grouping of stocks or bonds uh, but generally ETFs are divided up into sectors and think of it kind of like the grocery store the grocery store has meat dairy produce dry goods that sort of thing well sectors in the stock market might be energy industrials healthcare, technology those sorts of things the difference mainly, though, is the fact that most times the mutual funds have management fees in there, and many times the fees are higher, but also the ETF, you trade it on the open market. So that means that it trades quickly, more efficiently, and you have a lot more control over how you buy and sell and the pricing that you can get. Also, they're more tax efficient in many cases than the mutual fund can be. So that's some really basic differences that we can get into here today. But again, they both give you great diversity uh, or can, depending on the situation that you pick with the ETFs. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's some way, it's a way to get access to the market without you having to go out and pick individual stocks or ending up maybe in one stock where the risk is greater. Brian, thanks for the question. Hope that answers your question, and thanks for listening to us there in Nixa. Next question, Randy, comes from Amy, who listens to us in Springfield, and Amy says that she has a new job that offers a 401k, and she says she's confused by all the choices. So Amy asks, how do I go about choosing the right options within my 401k? Well, that's a great question, Amy. So whoever sets up your 401k, generally speaking, they have an advisor that you can go to, someone behind the scenes that can help you with those questions. However, Amy, I will tell you that uh, here at Floyd Financial Group, we have many people that call us and ask us these very questions. We have a simple system that we put people through. We ask them a few questions uh, about you know risk and that sort of thing. And then it's a program called Riskalyze that we use here that we put people's information into and helps us to really determine what your risk profile is. And from there, we can look at the options you have inside your 401k and give you uh, some good, solid advice on that. Amy, I don't know how old you are. If you're a younger gal, you want to be more aggressive, though, I will tell you for sure. And if you're getting closer to retirement, uh, you may just want to come in and sit down with us. We may want to make some moves other than inside your 401k uh, right now today to get you ready to go out the door and enjoy that thing called retirement. Next question, Bill, who listens to us in Battlefield, he says he has about six months worth of living expenses just sitting in a savings account at his bank and it's earning less than 1%. He says, is there a better place that I can keep that money that it will be as liquid but earn a better return? Well, Bill, that's a good question, especially in today's world with interest rates at banks being so low, uh, bond rates being so low. Yes, there are some things that we can do here at Floyd Financial Group to keep your money liquid and actually make it make a little bit more money for you rather than just sitting in the bank. However, I will tell you, I would like to look at your overall financial situation. First, it may be that six months is appropriate for you to have on the sideline. I don't know all of this, the uh, particulars of your situation. I always want people to have at least 
least three months on the side just in a liquid cash position where they can run to it in case emergencies come up. So give us a call here at the office, 889-7233, and come on in and we'll talk about it. Bill, thanks a lot for the question. We appreciate all the questions that we get here at Floyd Financial Group. If you have a question, you can call it in to 417-889-7233. You can also ask it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Randy, out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time. But most of all, thank you listeners for joining us this fine weekend. Get out there. Have a great weekend, won't you, in this great part of the country that we live in. For Randy Floyd, I'm Jeff Shade. We'll talk to you next week with another edition of Show Me the Money. 